0: Greetings, Jonathan Harmon. Hello. So here we are, the 17th Sunday ordinary Time, and really quick check-in. I think we both preached for last week on Sunday. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Did you preach? I certainly did. I did, too. I do every week. That's right. That's right. You did. Uh,
1: (laughs) That's what I do now. (laughs) Did you find
0: any of our conversation helpful in preparing?
1: I did. You know, I focused a lot on... um, What was the reading again? (laughs) Mary and Martha. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Looking at how prayer, the contemplative and the active life are not mutually exclusive, which I think is a part of how it's often portrayed. Yeah. Um, Like these are things that they need each other. Right. Sometimes we need to be a little bit more active and sometimes we need to be a little bit more contemplative. Yeah. And one is not a cop out for the other.
0: Indeed. I like that. I like that. I did something very similar. Um, Yeah, not trying to hold them too strict in opposition to each other, but saying that we're called Mm -hmm. to both.
1: Yeah. Well, and and I I also ended up, I ended up, what am I trying to say? I did end up trying, okay, anyway, I used Pope Benedict. Mm. (laughs) Uh, The justice and charity bit from Caritas in Veritate, I think, is a really good example of how um, things like justice, charity, contemplation, activity are not, held intent are not held in opposition but are mutually enriching for each other
0: yeah yeah they're not they're not contraries they're contradictories wait no the other way around they're not contradictories <laughs> they're contr- i don't know it's something like that something like that
1: they're complementary colors Complementary. <laughs> i
0: like it like what is it red and what is complementary to red pink uh
1: Blue. Blue. <laughs>
0: All right. So the 17th RGB. Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's talk about these readings, are. man. So we got the reading yeah. from, uh, from this Sunday. We got three good readings. What, uh, what's your first uh, thought?
1: So in my Bible, the one that I was looking at, uh, my paper Bible, the <laughs> header for, which doesn't always happen these days, mm-hmm. uh, the header for this little um, pericope from Luke, uh, the Lord's Prayer followed by basically how to pray, calls it. Let me call it up really quickly. Calls it perseverance in prayer.
0: Mm.
1: Um, so we get the Lord's Prayer and then basically how to persevere in. Uh, on the on the online Bible from USCCB, it break they break it up into three parts, which I th- I found very helpful and actually kind of formed the way I looked at not only our passage from luke but also from genesis uh it says luke presents three episodes concerned with prayer the first recounts jesus teaching his disciples the christian communal prayer the our father the second verses five through eight is all about the importance of persistence in prayer Mm. and then the third nine through 13 is the effectiveness of prayer Mm. knock and you will find or whatever search and you will find
0: yeah yeah Um,
1: and I thought that's a really great way. I mean, obviously it's a great way. That's why I was put in the in the Bible or in the notes. Um, but that just really hit me on how, yeah, it, you know, we're given the words that we need to pray. Okay, but then we're also said, you know, it's gonna, it might take a little bit. Like you're gonna have to say this more than once. Mm. Okay, <laughs> uh, and then look, we've got a God who is loving and who hears the cry of his children. Right. hears the cry of the poor. Yeah. Um, and then going back to this reading from Genesis, from the um, that famous dialogue between Abraham and God, where he keeps negotiating with him. That, again, looking at that persistence. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, look, Lord, just find, you know, 50. Just find 20, 10, whatever it is. Right, right. Um,
0: yeah. So, like, yeah. How, so that's kind of what I was
1: sitting with. What about you? Well,
0: no. That. I mean, that was one of the big things. I, I got to be honest. There was a lot in these readings that I mean, I feel like we could take it in many different directions. And that was certainly one of them. There's clearly, you know, a theme here of prayer. And in particular, there's a theme of persistence in prayer. You know, so like mm-hmm. like you were saying, Abraham returning to God over and over again and asking, you know, Lord, what if what if only this much? And what if only this much and persisting? And then, as you mentioned in the gospel um, sure, there's the Our Father, but there's also just the persisting in prayer. It even uses the word persistence, you know, um, mm-hmm. because of his persistence. That's good. Right. So I, w- I would certainly agree with you on all that. So that's one tack. But there's another tack that I think might be a complementary, perhaps, even to this. It's to not look so much at how these readings are teaching us something about our role in prayer, mm-hmm. but looking at it from the point of view of God. Um, see, because I, I noticed that the the readings both the first reading and the Gospel, especially the Gospel, teaches something about what it means for God to be a Father. Mm, yeah. And I really was struck by this, you know, that it's the Our Father, for one, and it's in the mm-hmm. Alleluia verse, you know, Abba Father from Romans. Um, and then the image in the third stanza that you were pointing out from the Gospel, it's what Father among you would do this? And then yeah. also, yeah. how much more would my Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit? So, like, God as Father is very much present in the gospel and then if you read into the old testament it's like okay well in the book of genesis he's not called father here but this is the one lord of genesis and the gospel so how is it that god is father what does it mean for god to be father what kind of father is god because it's such a contentious issue around naming god father and often we might even say like well that's just one way of naming god and it's optional you can choose a god call god other things And maybe there's a good debate to be had there, but I guess maybe the readings this week, I wanted to ask the question, okay, if we take Jesus at face value and say Father is the title we want to use this week, what does it mean to say God is a Father? What kind of Father is He? Um, So as a compliment to what you were saying, I want to throw that at you. Like, what do these this week's readings teach us about God's fatherhood?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. You know, going back to the, the reading from Genesis, you know, we do kind of have this you know, God has said he will destroy this city, and that's that. But you know what? And this was this was the fun of teaching that I found, um, that you set your, your standards, right? And this is what you're going to do. But if the kids come and talk to you, then of course you're going to work with them and try to find mm-hmm. the best way to, to help them out. You know, that's that's being compassionate. Being compassionate is not, not having rules and not having standards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um it's saying you're going to do something, but then if the situation arises, then, well, you take care of your people.
0: Right, right. You show mercy and compassion. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, one, one of the things that I appreciated about, you know, how God is presented in the first reading, notice that at the beginning of the of the pericope from Genesis, God says the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great. So right away, mm-hmm. God hears our prayer, right? Right. So this is a listening father, a father who listens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then, I love this line, and and their sin is so grave that I must go down and see whether or not their actions fully correspond to the cry against them that comes to me. I mean to find out. There's just something, yeah, a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of strength there in how God, mm. a diligent God, one who labors to come to know his people, you know, and this is Genesis, you know, this 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 false idea that the Old Testament God is this distant God who's wrathful and just rains down you know sulfur from from the sky it's like well what about this God who's telling Abraham I must go down and inquire because I hear the Mm -hmm. cry of the poor or the same God in Exodus who heard the cry of the people from Egypt it's like this is a Mm -hmm. father I think one lesson from that reading so far is that for God to be father is for him to take a very strong interest in the well-being of his people and wanting to go out and to find out what's what's really their plight that's one lesson, I think, you know, that's there for who God is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I'm wondering if along those lines, if there's something there, um, if there's something there with this letter to the Colossians, um, because that, I mean, that u- the ultimate action of God going and being with his people is through the person of Jesus, mm. um, the, the, sending his own son. Uh, God Himself to become, to become one of us, and so I wonder if there's something there, you know, because Saint Paul is talking about being buried with, with Christ, rising with Him um, through faith in the power of God. That's an interesting line. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a just an aside as I'm kind of working, processing as you're, as you're speaking. There might be something there to look at.
0: Yeah, you know, it's the Father who you know, raised him from the dead. And so there's something true about who God is there as well. He loves his son. Mm-hmm. He loves his son to the point of bringing him back from death, you know, obliterating the bond against us, you know, and yeah. having forgiven us all of our transgressions. There's a very loving father, you know, and I mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons that I, I want to harp on this is because I think often enough, I don't know about you. I mean, I mean, I know you well enough, but I don't know about people who listen to this <laughs> show what their experience of their own fathers is, you know, and like, A lot of times I have that tendency of imposing on God my own experience of my own earthly father, you know, and and the category of father is somehow affected by how my dad was a father to me, you know, in the good things and in the bad. And I think... Mm -hmm. What is the witness of scripture, you know? The witness of scripture here is that God is not not only should we be persistent with God in prayer, but God is persistent with us in saving us. <laughs> it's like he he has all the diligence in the world to save Sodom and Gomorrah. He's willing to save them. The problem is yeah. they're not persistent. <laughs> <can't
1: find> anyone <laughs> Yeah.
0: They're, they're not persistent in holiness, you know? It's like God yeah. is seeking them. The failure of the Sodomites is that they're not they're not seeking him, you know, and mm-hmm. Anyway, I think there's something really beautiful there. And there maybe is like a a point of reflection for us as listeners of the gospel is just to be careful as a side note, like what image do I have of my own earthly father that I might impose incorrectly on God, the father, because God, the father, as the witness of the scriptures has it for us today, is persistent in wanting to save us. That's who God is, you know?
1: Well, and I wonder if there's another way of, so another way of approaching this could be, you know, us as spiritual fathers and to all of the. Biological fathers that we that we preach to, and that listen. Um, what is this? What is this saying to that? Like, how how do we live as Christian men?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Is it well? Is it saying anything to that? Maybe. I mean, I'd like to. Th- I'd like to think so.
0: Yeah. You know. I mean, I think you can generalize it to anybody. You know. So suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight. You know. Right. And lend me right? loaves. You know. So I think. Because of friendship, they will get up And because of their persistence So I think you can generalize it, what kind of people are we For sure, but still the point Goes back to me of like, all of this Is an imitation of the Father So like, it's a Father who loved us first Right And it's because of His love for us that we are able to love One another, you know Um, You know, even something as simple as Paul's letter to the Colossians, beginning with brothers and sisters Like, the fact that we can Mm -hmm. call each other Brothers and sisters is because God loved us first
1: Right yeah, and we've become sons and daughters through through Jesus.
0: Yeah, I mean, look at the Alleluia verse. I mean, what I like to go to all the time is, you know, you've received the Spirit of adoption.
1: Yeah, the, yeah, there it is. Um, Which we cry, Abba, Father. Yeah, yeah. So it's not; it's no longer just Jesus saying, "My Father in heaven," but it's our Father who art in heaven. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I anyway, mean, I think there's something there. I mean, I don't want to push it too far, and to say that this Sunday's readings are all about God's fatherhood, because I think I think you're right to start off by looking at it in terms of persistence in prayer, because I think that's precisely what these readings side by side point us to. But maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just trying to hold the complementarity between the persistence we have in prayer and the persistence that God demonstrates in wanting to save us. You know, like what father yeah. among you would hand his son a snake and yeah. he for a fish?
1: Well, and again, going back to that false idea that the Old Testament God is just doom and gloom and fire and destruction, if that were the case, we wouldn't we wouldn't make it this far. Mm-hmm. Like, we wouldn't even have even made it to so- the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. Uh, there's so many times when God um, is persistent with us. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times we think that we need to be the persistent, and we do, we need to keep going back and asking God for forgiveness and, you know, all of that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But God is also very persistent with us. Like, he keeps, he keeps coming back and saying, No, I, I want you. I want you. Yeah. And I want you to want me. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, that's beautiful. You know, and hey, yeah, so that's good. And here, here's another question for you, John. I, I'm actually very curious about what you think about this because another thought, this is kind of changing topics a little bit, but it relates to the topic of God's fatherhood. I couldn't help but notice also in the first reading that Abraham was afraid to, hmm. to ask God. To, con- to reconsider. Um, there was fear, and maybe maybe we can call it fear of the Lord. Um, you know, let not my Lord grow angry. I have thus dared to speak. You know, I am presuming to speak to my my Lord. What, what do you make of all that, yeah. you know, Abraham's fear well, of God?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's the, the healthy... Fear of the Lord is a virtue. Um, and I think it is more, you know, we... I think that word "fear" has lost a lot of nuance over the years. Um, you know, instead of being just some, you know, I, I read okay. All of that is to say, I read that as being um, just utmost respect. Hmm. Like this is not a person whom you would treat um, like an anybody else. You know, this is this is how you speak to the to the king, to the well, to God.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't be presumptuous. Right, in mm-hmm. um you know he even says, "I'm not presuming to speak to my Lord, so like, yeah, you know, maybe there's a difference between persistence and presumption, right, like, yeah,
1: yeah, I like that,
0: um, you know, I couldn't help but think again of just like earthly fathers because you know sometimes, especially as a kid, like I'd be afraid of talking to Dad about something or like letting Dad mm-hmm. know that I hurt <laughs> I did something wrong, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, and there's a fear there, a fear maybe of punishment, but also a fear of letting him down, too, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely a part of it. You know, this is somebody who has brought him out um, of his own land. He's This is who he's trusted this whole way. Um, and now he's going to dare to presume to know his will. It's like, well, mm-hmm. hold on. Mm-hmm. Slow your roll. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And how beautiful is it that God allows him to be so persistent with him, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Again, that's showing God's uh, love and tenderness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. amidst the fire and brimstone, literally, of the story. <laughs> right, right, right.
0: No, I love it. I love it. Um, good. Yeah, those are the main things that I, I wanted to tease out of here. Was there anything else that really stood out to you?
1: Um. No, that was really the 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 main things. You know, I do. I really love this um, that very final part of the Gospel of Luke. That's very Luke. It's part of the reason why I love that Gospel so much. You know, uh, what father among you would hand his son a snake when he asks for a fish? Mm. Uh, if you then who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the father? It's very much kind of a Christ the King. Um, you know spiritual exercises, uh, meditation on the temporal king. Mm -hmm. You know, we're supposed to imagine this wonderful king, this great, perfect ruler, most benevolent. And God is that much more (laughs) loving and benevolent than than the most perfect thing that we can imagine. Right, right. Uh, So, I, I mean, yeah, I love that. I don't know that that'll make it into a homily, but that's certainly something that speaks to me in prayer.
0: No, and I love that. I love that, you know. We all we all have different experiences of the people who love us, but the best example you can think of of the person who loves you—how much more, you know, would mm-hmm. would yeah. God? And I think there's just a hopeful way to end the gospel. There is to say, there's so much more to look forward to because God, who loves you, cannot be outdone in generosity. You know. Hmm. Good man. Well, this is great. Thank you. I appreciate your insights. Yeah, pleasure as always. I really enjoy these. Cool man. All right. Till next time. All right. Peace. Bye.